0: Are you ready? Can't wait. The New York Jets. can beat anybody in the world and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The, the, the New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. And fans. very passionate. Bird, Brady, Bird. Thank you, all you fans.
1: They got their guy. Darnold
0: falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold? That's such an upside. Darnold! I think Jeff fans. Very passionate.
1: Brady sucks. Don't be Sam Darnold looked good. I've seen
0: it fire in the sky. Darnold throwing. Deep ball. He's got Anderson for the touchdown. Rookie Sam Darnold finished with 198 yards, three touchdowns. Than a Keenum is sacked. Out too high. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye! Touchdown, Jets. Rocky Darnold swings it downfield, juggle and a grab. Touchdown, Terrell Pryor. Channel Darnold. Darnold, Darnold, Darnold look good. Look, look good. Terrell chewing up yards down the sideline. Get the win, thirty four sixteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. My name is Keith Farrell. I am broadcasting to you live on the Elite Sports Radio Network. From beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York, I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co host, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody! Yeah. Very happy, triumphant Michael Lagaris after last week's big old W! the smackdown that we laid down on the Broncos this week. Jet fans, feel good. Nice W, Sam. 10 for 22 is not the best. Three touchdowns, though. Really good pass in this game. Uh, the offense, running the ball, offensive line, great. A lot of great things to point to, which we'll get into and break the game down shortly. But, Mike, what are your highlights from the game? Obviously, Sam. Three touchdowns. That, that's good. 58 QBR, you know, it's kind of right in the middle there. But the offensive line, Mike. There was uh, mauling people.
1: Oh. Uh. I I just wanna start off by saying I think last pod, I attacked Todd Bowles and the coaching staff severely and deservedly so. But you know what, if we're gonna destroy them when they do bad, then when they do good, we, they deserve to be praised, and Bowles called this game defensively. Casey Rogers is sick. God bless him. We hope that he gets better. We're not sure right now what he's dealing with, but it's, it is serious from what we hear. But Bowles called the game defensively. He ran the defense against the Broncos, and the Jets kept the pressure on Keenum all games, sacking him four times, including two by Leonard Williams, two and a half, actually. Both boats, Bowles and Bates called a good game on each side of the ball. Bates finally opened up the floodgates and allowed Sam to take shots downfield. Called a balance game all around with very few penalties on the game. So good for Todd Bowles, good for Jeremy Bates. Offensive line, like you talked about. Spencer Long was a little bit struggling there with some of those height snaps that he threw off Sam's timing on. But besides that, the Jets controlled the trenches. I mean the Broncos generated only one sack, and the Jets ran about 323 yards. The Jets Pass blocking rankings among offensive linemen who played at least 80% of their snaps on Sunday Beecham was ranked ninth out of 22 left tackles Beecham? Uh, uh, um, And look look how good your
0: team plays when you get offensive line play It doesn't have to always be super above average Dallas Cowboy level offensive line play, Mike But if you can just get a Mm -hmm. competent game from the offensive line and run the ball I mean, this was an extreme example They ran the ball obviously for 323 yards 512 yards on offense like you said, we gave them a hard time last week, Bowles, the coaching staff, for not being creative with the offense, for not thinking outside the box, for not necessarily disguising their plays, Mike. Obviously, they listened to the AEBG podcast every single week, as they should, and took a note from us, and some of the times, you thought they were going to run the ball, or it seemed like they would, they passed. Some of the times, it you seemed know, like they were going to pass, they ran. They caught the Broncos off guard all day long, they ran counters, every single counterplay they ran seemed to get 25 yards or more. Uh, Isaiah well yep. only 15 carries. But he had 219 yards. He set a New York Jet rushing record. Unbelievable. Absolutely uh,
1: incredible. Palau
0: Powell, 20 carries for 99, Mike. I mean, they ran the ball. And we said last week on this podcast, the key to the game would be if the New York Jets could run the ball. Because if they can actually move the ball and run the ball, then Sam will have more time. They have to worry about the run. Maybe they can hit some play actions. Maybe they can hit some passes in formations when the other team thinks they're going to run, but they end up passing like they did to Robbie Anderson in one of those long games. So the running game is key to everything, I think, with the team this season. They really were able to smash the ball down the Broncos' throat all day long. Absolutely. And when the Jets needed a physical run,
1: Isaiah provided it. Remember that tackle, that D'Amato Pecco, the tackle on the uh, Broncos? He tried to grab him, and he just took him and threw him to the round, beasted himself for a first down. Unbelievable physical play by Isaiah Crowell, and like you said, it established Sam Darnold being able, now his completion percentage, Sam Darnold, he was 10 for 22, like you said, but for 198 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, completion percentage doesn't look great, but his efficiency and his touchdowns tell a better story about his performance. A number of his incompletions were accurate throws, but they were dropped, one of them by Quincy, which was terrible. Two of those touchdown passes that that he could have had, he could have had five touchdown passes last game. One to Curse and Q that were that they didn't call pass interference calls, which was terrible. He did the little things also, like recognizing twelve men on the field and hurried up and snapped the ball for a penalty. That's some that's what veterans do, you know what I'm saying? Through five weeks he has a thousand sixty six yards, seven touchdowns, six interceptions with a seventy seven point two passer rating. He's on pace to throw for 3,411 yards and 22 touchdowns and would join an exclusive club of first-round quarterbacks like Andrew Luck, uh, Jameis Winston, Peyton Manning, and Jim Kelly. Sam Darnold has six touchdown passes of 20-plus yards this year already. Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger last year had six all season, Matt Ryan and Jared had five, and Eli Manning had four, just to put in some perspective of what Sam has done already through five games in his early Yeah, career. and
0: we said it last week that some of the stats, you know, I know uh, his, his completion percentage in the last three games... You know, hasn't been great. I don't know if that's all his fault. And I think some of the numbers are misleading. It seems to me like even versus Jacksonville, it wasn't as bad as it looked with Sam. And this week, the numbers, again, they don't belie, I think, to me, how good he actually played. There were some drops involved. Him and the noon work, they couldn't connect all day long. But Nunwa ended up no. without a catch and without a without a yard the entire day, Mike. So, and after the season he's had where, you know, he has 278 yards in the season coming into the game, you know, on pace for a great amazing season. He's still on pace for a great year. One guy he did connect with, though, who, who finally he was able to get chemistry with, only three catches, but 123 yards for Robbie Anderson. Oh, Two touchdowns, goodness. a 76-yard touchdown, one of those plays. Uh, The other one was a tremendous catch that he made on a pass from Sam, right over the shoulder into the end zone. Oh, and the the third touchdown—the third touchdown that he had, Sam—the pass that went to Pryor was also a a really good pass, an anticipation pass that he threw to a very tall receiver who made a great play on that. Also, Pryor, I think, in his chances, he's been given, Mike. I think he's made the most of him this year. You know, he hasn't had the most targets, but when he has been targeted, I think Pryor has actually played, compared to, comparatively speaking, to the amount of times he's been targeted, he's been pretty efficient when they go towards him.
1: He has been. He's been actually very efficient when they're actually throwing towards him. But the problem is he doesn't really get a lot of opportunities on the field, and that has a lot to do with what he's done in practice and what he's done uh, with with uh, in the in the locker room. So he just really needs to get it together, Pryor some more opportunities hopefully he can capitalize on those do you hear something Keith
0: I, It sounds like oh, my dog it sounds like some large my cat- dog's hairs are up on the back of her neck she sent something. <laughs> that may be Leonard Williams showing up finally. Finally! Finally! five God,
1: okay. five tackles two and a half sacks three hits two tackles for a loss an interior lineman who is responsible shutting down an offense finally We, when we drafted this guy, he was going to be a disruptor, somebody who was going to be a demon on that defensive line. And all he has been is his floor, a solid player. We have been waiting for a game like this. Is this going to be his breakout game? Is this the game that Leonard Williams is finally going to be the defensive lineman that we've always
0: wanted? Well, guess what? On Sunday, the big cat showed up. He did. He had a sack last week, too, Mike. You know, he's always been someone. And you mentioned this in the podcast a few weeks ago, Mike. That. You know, don't expect him to be the guy that's going to be racking up the big sack totals. He's more of a run-stopper. He's a solid player, very smart player. All true, but in the NFL, for where he was drafted and when you see some of these other guys and the way they get to the quarterback, the anticipation is you want those sacks, and you want him at least pressuring the quarterback and getting there. The last couple games... The guy we had making the most pressure on the QB was Henry Anderson. Last couple games, though, the big cat. Coming in yes. strong, tossing offensive linemen out the way like small children. Like he was in it, like, <laughs> like tossing, tossing offensive linemen out the way like Michael Agaris in a bouncy castle. Just, just <laughs> flinging, just taking kids and flinging them against the walls. You know, and he he's looked really good. We broke the game down, told you some stats. Now we'll take the deep dive into Jets Broncos week five of the NFL. <laughs> Hey,
1: the situation uh, got heavy on me. The New York Jets were in the midst of a three-game losing streak when they returned home to face the Denver Broncos on an early October Sunday afternoon. Denver received the ball, their first possession. Copeland applied good pressure, and Scream batted away a pass to force the Broncos to punt. When the Jets got the ball. On the second play, Bilal Powell goes to the right and fumbles the ball. Very uncharacteristic play by Bilal. Denver capitalized getting the ball deep in Jets territory. Keenum throws a touchdown to Cortland Sutton, putting Denver up 7-0 early. Keith, already I was shaking my head. Yeah,
0: and it's one of these deals where what's been going on week after week, which we've talked about on the podcast, Mike, is mistakes, mental lapses, turnovers, things of that nature that every single team in the NFL tries to avoid because all they do is lead to losses immediately once again same thing happens you you say to yourself oh my god here we go Uh, right off the bat there's a lot of Bronco fans around me at the game a lot of orange at the game that color stands out Mike it's very irritating and they're being very loud they were excited You, you, you think to yourself at that point this could be a long day.
1: The Jets second possession, they actually showed an ability to move the ball. Crowell to the left for 15 in a first down. Crowell again to the right for 5. Darnell complete to Liggett for 10 yards in a first. Powell to the left for 5 and then again for 15. Darnell with a strike to Robbie for 12 in a first down. Third and one, Darnell QB sneak for a first down. Love that call. Aggressive. No. Darnell had an incomplete to Q. His timing was off because Long keeps giving him the high snaps. He did this a couple of times in this series. And then there was an incomplete pass to curse and no call in the end zone which was tragic. The ref said that he, it was an impossible catch to make. Well, guess what? It's impossible if he's being tackled on the way when they're trying to throw yeah, the ball. Yeah, that's flawed logic. So,
0: flawed logic right there.
1: Denver had the bo- on the Denver 12 13 play 63 yards. Uh, t- Myers gets his attempt and misses it We're still 7-0 The offense looks sink But really, Denver is getting really lucky here The Jets should have had some points Yeah, on the and board. that's
0: actually the first miss Myers has had this year, Mike An extra point he missed, that's his first field goal miss of the year So he's been, he's been really accurate all season, just right there It's always deflating and early in a game, Mike When you move the ball down the field And you have a chance at three points When you really just want to get on the board and you miss it Especially, Hi. especially, uh, especially after you, especially after you give up a turnover, than a touchdown, get the ball back, you move the ball, and then you miss a field goal. You're kind of like, oh boy, you know. It, once again, it felt like a, a day that was not gonna be our day. Early, just from what the from the omens that were being thrown at us, Mike. Yep, yeah, and the
1: the Denver uh, received the ball, and the defense stood up once again. Denver went six place for 37 yards. Roberts had really good coverage on this defensive take. The bet the Jets ended up getting the ball back. First play, handoff to Isaiah. Denver, watch out!
0: Isaiah Crowell to the backfield. Crowell has room. Nice cut by Crowell. Crowell chewing up yards down the sideline. Isaiah Crowell could go. Touchdown, Jets. Oh, boy. And there he goes. Oh my. Isaiah Crowell, I mean, absolutely going nuts. He is, what is it, 390 yards right now this season. He's averaging six and a half yards. Six and a half yards a carry Isaiah Corwell is averaging right now. I don't even know what to say. He's on pace for about 1,200 yards rushing. Powell's on pace for about 890. Together, they're on pace for over 2,000 yards on the season. New York Jets right now in the NFL rank seventh in the NFL in rushing. So, you know, the last week's game really helped. This run, though, the cut he made, the moves he made, the speed he showed to go down the sideline not get caught by the safety or anybody else. Isaiah Corwell really has been... Much better than I thought he was, Mike. I won't lie. I thought he was a good running back, not a great running back. He's playing like a great running back right now for the New York Jets.
1: He is. Actually, he has more yards than uh, our crosstown rival second-round pick, Saquon Barkley, actually.
0: Oh, is that right? Denver
1: (laughs) Denver gets the ball back. Uh, they go four plays, seven yards. On the second down, Leo had a great stop on Lindsey, followed by a sack on Keenum. Big Cat already beginning to show and show his fangs. Loved it. Jets get the ball back. It's tied 7-7 in the second quarter. Powell up the left for a yard. Donald incomplete to Robbie. Third and nine from the New York Jet 24. Sam Donald drops back in the pocket, collapsing to find this. Here's
0: Darnold. Airing it out. Deep ball. Separation.
1: Caught
0: robbie anderson goodbye touchdown jets wow and this was one of those highlight reel like one of those passes and plays they show like in a movie you know any given sunday al Pacino's on the sideline they slow-mo this pass into robbie anderson's arms down the sideline for a touchdown and he really he blew by. corner. Roby
1: right. Roby. Uh,
0: was that who it was? Yeah, and he just... Robbie Anderson absolutely blows by him right into the end zone. Huge pass for Sam and Robbie. They have not been able to get on the same page this year yet, to be honest. Besides one touchdown pass on the first game of the season, they have not been able to connect... Great pass by Sam. Good anticipation. As you already mentioned, somebody who's throwing touchdowns more than 20 yards down the field is Sam Darnold.
1: That's correct. And this play, I will say that I credit a little more to Robbie than I do Darnold because Robbie was, I mean, he just burnt the corner and was just wide open. Darnold just found him and he just went, he went for just an unbelievable break so good play by by Robbie and you know what look Robbie's not the greatest receiver in the world he's not like some Antonio Brown but Robbie does have one trick to him And that one trick, if he connects, can change a game.
0: Uh, His speed is game-breaking speed. Yes. We know that, and we've joked around that sometimes that he only runs one route. But if you run faster than every other guy on the field and only have three catches, but have 123 yards, which I think he has, uh, it doesn't matter if you run one route. If they can't stop your one route, then you run that one route. And you run it over and over again until they can stop you or someone figures out what to do with you and Uh, You know, last year, Robbie had a really good year, I think, and this year, not that many catches, not that much production. I know he's had a couple fumbles here and there, too, which is really pissed off Jet fans, hurt drives, really hurt Sam, and hurt the team. But this week, all you can do is give him five stars. He played great, three huge catches, 123 yards, like we said. Yeah. Really nothing else you can say more about Robbie than uh, you know, you just hope he stays connected with Sam like this and continues to keep his head straight, man, and not fumble the ball. Just yeah. hold on to it when he gets it.
1: That's right. Denver got was down now, 14 to 7. Mo Cla- Claiborne breaks up a pass to Sanders. Mo Claiborne, I forgot to mention in the beginning, has just a phenomenal game stepping up as the number one quarterback uh with Tremaine Johnson out. Absolutely did a phenomenal job. Freeman up the middle for minus two, eight. Avery Williamson with the stuff. It was third and 12. Keenum drops back to find a big cat.
0: Gobbled up. (laughs) Leonard Williams said, give me that sack lunch. (laughs) Get him, big cat. (laughs) The the, the stadium's fired up at this point because what you felt at this point, now we had a couple touchdowns here, but you felt the momentum shifting, Mike. You felt the momentum shifting to the green side. Uh, The Big Cat's playing great. Offense is moving the ball. Sam's throwing bombs. We have a gigantic run on the day. And another play just where Leonard Williams got in there, got the big-time sack, and he's really looking like maybe he's going to fulfill that potential as, uh, you know, that topic. That's right.
1: That's right. Well, the next after that, the Jets... Went three and out. Uh, Darnold had a good pass to curse, but Harris defended it pretty well, so we ended up having a punt. Denver received the ball. They had This was one of their best drives. They had went 11 plays for 77 yards. It was really bad secondary. Now, Screen went out with a concussion earlier, so Nickerson was out there playing cornerback. And Hamilton just kept burning him, and they we ended up holding them for a field goal. But you know, um, you know, Perry Nickerson really was got got taught a lesson on this drive. The Jets uh, get the ball back now, up 14-10 with three minutes to go in the first half, starting from their own 25. Corell to the right for five. Corell up the middle for four. Corell again up the middle for two and a first down. Powell to the right for nine. Coaches are just running the ball down their throat. Darnell up the middle for three yards and a first down on on a, on another. Third and one. Donald completes a Tomlinson for 12 and a first down. First and ten from the Denver 35. Donald drops back, looks right, walking off the safety. Then looks back to find Robbie. Donald
0: throwing deep ball. He's got Anderson for the <laughs> touchdown. That was a fabulous throw. Robbie with good coverage here. Anderson eyeing the ball. The ball perfect. Over the shoulder catch. Perfect pass. Perfect. Dropped it right in there. Another great adjustment by Robbie Anderson. Jets are rolling, as we know at this point, Mike. Sam's looking great. Dropping dimes in there when it counts the most. I gotta
1: say, Keith, that was a big boy play. Now, that throw... After listening to the SNY crew and a couple of the other analysts, that throw there is what separates good quarterbacks from great quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks, regular quarterbacks, will give, will take what the defense gives you, but the great quarterbacks are able to make plays even when the defense has not given you a play. And what Sam did was he placed the ball perfectly, but Robbie was covered. He was covered well. But he put it in such a place that only Robbie can get it. And that, if he can do that consistently, he will define himself as one of the great players in this league. And that
0: is the thin line between good and great. It's the quarterbacks that make something out of nothing and it goes for it in a lot of sports and it definitely goes for in the NFL.
1: Absolutely. Jets go into the half up 21-10. to 10. Start of the second half, koel busted for 54 to the right. He is just having a wonderful day. Donald came back out incomplete to queue. It should have been a pass interference call. You saw that play. These refs just blowing calls left and right. It's just yeah. This one,
0: this one was especially bad though, because you actually saw, and that was in the end zone where I sit. It was right in front of me. And even you know, when they showed the replay, you saw him knock into him before the ball's there. That was a really bad call. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, uh, unreal. And then right after that, Donald tried to pass to Roberts on it, and it got tipped in an interception. Now, you know, he, he's got us look and see a little better there on the defensive line. I'm not going to give him go full attack on him, like with the way he wasn't seeing the secondary coverage last game or in Miami. But, you know, he needs to be a little more careful with the ball. But if, if it hadn't been for the refs, he would have had another touchdown right there.
0: Yeah, that's true. That was, uh, you know, it's another time where... You're looking, I know last week Sam didn't technically have an interception, but he did throw one. We just got lucky there was a penalty. So you're looking for that game that he goes through where he just goes through, you know, with more efficiency, gets through the whole game, doesn't turn the ball over. Ball's getting batted down. That's going to happen. But we're just looking here for Sam to get through these games, might be a little bit more efficient with the ball, especially when they're that far back in their own territory. That's
1: correct. And the next play, Denver just went four plays for 10 yards. And guess what? J.J. Mr. Jordan Jenkins and also Leonard Williams sacked Keenum again He was just met with the fire. They just kept coming Tom Bowles and that defense the Jets got the ball back Darnold complete to Tomlinson for three Darnold with the perfect ball to curse for 14 and as he went out of bounds now Let me say something about this throw Keith this throw that he made here to curse for 14 I thought was the best throw I have ever seen him make so far, it was it was a second a second down. He threw it to Curse on an out route to the left, and Curse went out of bounds. And it, it was the tightest window you could throw it in. And he made it was the best throw I saw him make so far as a pro. Even better than that touchdown pass to, to Robbie. As far as like where he actually put the ball, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, after that play, Powell up the right for 16, Corell to the left for seven, Correll up the middle for three and a first down. Donald finds Crow up the middle for 12, an incomplete to Curse, and they settled for a field goal to put them up 20 to 10, 24 to 10 late in the third quarter.
0: They only moved the ball besides this one drive the whole day. That was an efficient drive for them. So. When they put this field goal through the Jets, I felt good. I felt confident about the rest of the game. I felt confident about the offense. It did seem like we were in the driver's seat. The rest of the game after that, the coaches managed the clock efficiently, Mike, was, isn't something they've done in, in the past very well. Uh, the plays they ran, the defense they ran for the rest of the the rest of the game, uh, right to the end of the game, I think was very well done.
1: Oh, it was. After this play, it was a series of punts. Walden, Waldman and Denver, they went to punt the ball. Uh, all, 57 yards all the way out to the Jet 38, and Roberts gets the ball, goes 51 yards to the side, all the way up to the Denver 11. Andre Roberts now leads the NFL with a 23.1-yard average on punt returns. He has provided a presence on special teams that the Jets have not had in years.
0: Yeah, this run was tremendous, and it set us up, obviously set us up for good things afterwards, but Roberts has been great, and even the runs, Mike... Even the runs that he's had that, you know, not everyone's going to be a 52-yard runner like Bristol Lions. He ran one back to the house. Even his other runs have been very efficient. Mike, what I always look for with the punt returners, if you can average over 10 yards, it means you're getting the team a first down every time you get the ball. And if you, if you get the team every, every time an extra first down, that's good. If you're up about 20 yards, now you're talking about uh, talking to the years right. and the kind of guys like Josh Cripps had. You know, you, if you're getting the ball and you're, you're you're getting the Jets two first downs on runbacks each time, that's great. And Roberts, he's been No a way offense. around he awesome it. He was he's absolutely
1: around. fantastic so far throughout the season. Just one of the highlights. Him, Jamal Adams, and and a lot of others. I just can't say enough about him. Denver got the ball back. Uh, they ended up getting a field goal, the Jets. 27-10, start of the fourth quarter. Denver got the ball. They ended up turning it over on downs, trying to get a first st- uh, touchdown. Mo Claiborne broke up the play to Sanders in the end zone. Excellent play by Mo Jets get the ball, 6 plays, 93 yards in less than 4 minutes, that's all it took Why? Corwell up the right for 3, Cowell again for 36, Powell fouls him up with 38, after 2 run stuffs, it was 3rd and 14 from the Denver 20, Darnold with a strike to Pryor who makes a one handed catch for this
0: Darnold, swings it downfield, juggle and a grab, touchdown Terrell Pryor a brilliant catch <laughs> as he stares at what? Wow. this is a tremendous catch by Pryor now yeah. the throw was also great Mike booyah as he hauls it in right there throw was also great catch by Pryor though he really does show that you know he has some skills and we don't have him targeted the most but like I said yeah. earlier he's made the most of his opportunities I think this was a great pass by Sam good anticipation by Sam on this because from where I was sitting when I saw the pass I was like man I don't, I don't know where this is going turnaround, one knee in, touchdown, another moment in Sam's maturation to look to as a very mature pass. Absolutely. Denver would
1: end up getting a TD late. They went for another TD only to throw an intercept. They went for another TD. After they got the TD late, they went for another one, but they threw an interception to Marcus May, who took the ball for the longest return in NFL history. And he didn't make, for, without making a touchdown, he went 104 total yards, was just completely gassed at the end, and they tackled him on the one yard line. But just an amazing play, an amazing game. Everything the Jet fans had been mad about bounced back in in this game. Darnold throwing downfield, Anderson getting targets for big plays, Leonard Williams getting sacks. I mean, it was just an absolutely tremendous game, and I'm so jealous that you were there to see it live, Keith. I wish I was there with you.
0: Yeah, it was great. You know, I I really was just sitting there, and some of these passes Sam was throwing, I know that he was only 10 for 22, but the pass to Robbie, the first one, the second pass to Robbie, the pass to Pryor—these are big boy passes that he's dropping in. These are not; these are not the passes that some court—I mean, some quarterbacks still in their NFL development, like a Jameis Winston, like a Marcus Mariota—they still are in passing balls with that type of touch and subtleness right. that Sam's already doing. You know, and he, I know in into his career, already. Um, like you mentioned, uh, th- he's a thousand sixty-six yards, seven TDs, six INTs. His QB rating's about seventy-seven point two. And so far against the defenses he's facing, the situations he's been in, Broncos, Browns, Jaguars, um, the Dolphins' defense. It's not like he's going up against pushovers. And we've got we've gone against besides the Lions, we haven't gone up against a defense that's been completely just com- we should just run over the whole time. And he's performed adequately well. But more importantly than that, Mike, these passes he's made, and especially in this game. Some of the touch passes, all the touchdowns he's had, very, very encouraging. If you're a Jet fan, he is the chosen one.
1: One of the things that I'm not sure about moving forward is our coach. And uh, my father and I had a conversation, and he wanted to share some of his thoughts on the team and 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 the coach. And this is what he had to say. Thought it was a great game. All I could say now, uh, being two and three, that uh, Todd Bowles has a, another extra life to him. Okay. He'll live again. He'll he'll live to to coach the next game. Maybe we shouldn't get rid of him just yet. Let's see what happens. I believe in second chances. But it was a great
0: game. Okay, bye. The old football wizard. (laughs) And I'll never say his first name. I have too (laughs) much respect. He's just Mr. football, The football wizard. Just bestowing his knowledge upon us. I want to yeah. thank you very much for blessing us.
1: <laughs> he he felt kind of bad that that uh that that I went in on Coach uh, Bowles so hard yes last week, and uh, you know he he does feel that he has some value and uh, to not judge it so quickly. Let the season, the entire season, play out before we actually make any final decisions on on where the coach lands. All
0: right. And Mike, do you, you, I think you have someone else you spoke to this week, another Jets fan's take you got on the Jets, their two and three stars. Yes, Todd I Bowles do. My friend Samuel Fernando,
1: he had this to say. This is Captain
0: Green checking in. What a great game. I mean, I've been waiting for that all year long. You know, the big run was huge. And obviously, Donald showed flashes of greatness. At the a uh, good connection with Robbie defense was an A plus on stopping the run on the pass I would really like for them to not give up almost 400 yards but at the end of the day they still stepped up held them down and now it's time to get ready for the Colts. where if we don't stomp on their neck we might as well call the season
1: over. I do agree with Flock there um, that the Jets under Todd Bowles really have not been a team that once they come off of a, vi- a tremendous victory like they have today, uh, they actually keep that momentum going and step on the necks of the teams that are not as good as them. So I think Flock is correct in saying that um, we really need to take advantage of. Of the opponent that we're playing on Sunday They're a vulnerable team and we need to put them down
0: Absolutely, they're not as good a team as we are Bottom line, I don't care if Sandberg knows our quarterback or not We're better than the Colts right now Our team is better than them We'll break the game down momentarily But Flacco's right, Captain Green is on point point. With his review of the game and with with looking forward to the Colts, man, I think we should whoop the Colts. I also, Mike, unlike yourself, predicted us to take a W this week for the Broncos. I knew Sam was gonna come out of it. He had three bad games in a row. I felt like he was gonna have a good game this week, which he did. So the Jets defense would step it up, which they did. And I like we both said, the running game was key to the You were right, and it was You were right, I was wrong, and I'm
1: happy. You were right.
0: Talk about the Jets game. We're gonna to get to this Colts game. Jabroni of the week. But before we do that, we're gonna to get to everyone's most anticipated segment—the most anticipated segment in the history of American broadcasting. Michael Lagaris's news and notes. It is now time for. Oh my I god!
1: Hello, what's up, everybody? Mike's. You're a professional. I'm a professional. News. Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets. The New York Jet franchise has been in existence for 58 years, but yesterday marked the first time the Jets had a 75-yard rushing touchdown and a 75-yard passing touchdown. In the same game. And they did it on back-to-back possessions. How about that, huh?
0: Now, this is see, this is the type of hard-hitting tidbits and information that you only get on the AEBG podcast. Mike had, he outsources interns now to overseas people, but he had them working <laughs> all night to bring you that tidbit. It's also, it's very hard to hit off that 75-yard run and that 75-yard pass in the same game. Crazy stat for the Jets, and it just goes to show you, last, yesterday they had 512 yards total offense. 323 23 rushing. Sam 198. Complete game by the Jets. Complete game by the offense. And that is a wonderful stats. So and now having the record books on an offensive day that really showed you the potential of the team. Right. And let me ask you. I think now it's
1: time to find out who's the Jabroni of the week. E B G.
0: Jabroni's Jabroni 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 of the week. You keep using this word Jabroni and it's awesome. My jabroni of the week for this week is another player that happens to reside the Big Apple. The New York Jets this year don't seem to have too many prima donnas on their team. The other football team that plays in town, the New York Giants, have the biggest prima donna probably in all of professional sports on their team right now. His name is Odell Beckham Jr., talent's unquestionable, I know know ODB's a great player. No one can disagree with his talent, how fast he is, the hands he has, how great he is at running routes. My beef with ODB and why he's the jabroni of the week this week specifically, Mike, is two reasons. One, the fact that before you received your $95 million, $65 million guaranteed, you took about four or five months to be on your best behavior. You didn't act like a moron. You weren't getting punched in the face by people in clubs. No other videos aired of you in a hotel room while some shady woman is blowing coke and you're smoking a blunt. None of those things happened for a few months. And for that reason, people got lulled into a false sense of security. Maybe he's matured. Maybe this is how he's going to be from now on. He gets the money. He gets the money five weeks later. Giants are one in four. He goes on an interview with Jacina Anderson and says that he's not being given every chance to succeed while he's giving this interview sitting next to him for some unknown reason <laughs> is little Wayne and Mike Mike I at first when you sent me this video <laughs> words words can't describe the silliness of this 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 seems like like a skit on <laughs> SNL <laughs> what
1: but it actually what happened reason is he
0: there <laughs> why is he there why is little Wayne sitting next to you looking like Beetlejuice from Howard Stern in pajamas? Shaking his head like
1: like he's talking about a cover two defense and
0: Wayne shaking his head like he knows what that is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's shaking his head like he knows route trees. When you throw somebody under the bus like Eli Manning, who's only been a class act in the NFL, who has the respect of most of this league, and has won two Super Bowls and only done it with a lot of dignity and class and respect for his teammates, when you decide to, whether you do it passive-aggressively or not, but you throw shade at him, you throw shade at your team and your franchise, when you're asked if you want to play in New York and you say, oh, I'm not really sure, you know, New York's my place, but it's really nice and warm other places... It blows my mind how anybody can be this dense and this stupid to act this way because they did not give a single you-know-what, Mike. And one other thing I want to point to why he really is the jabroni of the week is that, let me just throw a little stat at you, Mike. Um, the New York Giants drafted Odell Beckham five years ago. Since drafting Odell Beckham, the New York Giants are 27 wow. and 42. Wow. The New York Jets are 26 and 43. Just to put it in perspective for all Giants and Jet fans, since the New York Giants have had Odell Beckham... They are twenty-seven and forty-two. The games he's played in, because I know he missed twelve games last year, and he missed some games his rookie right. year. If you remember, Mike, the beginning of the season, the games Beckham's played in, the Giants are twenty-two and thirty-one, still a bad record. When he when he tries to mention that he does not given been given every chance to succeed, what I will counter with is when you had your biggest chance to succeed, when your team was eleven and five one year, and before we get to before we get to finish my point, when they were 11-5, that was because they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. They could barely score 20 points any games that year because the team didn't revolve around Odell right. Beckham. It was based around the defense. Their team their team happened to be good that year, ironically enough. But let's get back to my point. When they were 11-5, when he had his biggest chances to see in the NFL, Odell Beckham, shiny lights, in Green Bay, the biggest moment for you to show the a tremendous player when all the best players play the best, he dropped four balls. He had two drops of touchdowns played like a scared clown in that game and whether you're a Jets fan or a fan you know that so that's why to me it's ironic when someone has when someone all these years later says I haven't been given a chance to succeed he put himself in a position where it's a win-win because if the Giants do better this moron's going to act like it's because he said these things if the Giants don't do good he can say well I, I said I said we need to do this I said we need to do that I, you know it's not my fault he has no accountability but, well, what gets me what gets
1: me the most angry about it really is because I see a lot of these young players who come to the NFL and they've come in from really bad places like where they don't have a father or a mother or they come from poverty. They don't understand w- how to act as a professional because they've never been given any examples, any love in their lives, right? And they get in there, Pac-Man Jones is a good example. Came in the league, started acting a fool, everything like that. Once he got in trouble and then he got a mentor and it kind of helped him out. Dude, the guy's been in the league. what is he 36 years old he's still in the league now because he got himself together you know what I'm saying started to learn like oh I can't act this way you know whatever whatever but Odell Beckham jr. is not that Odell grew up in a very well-to-do home his parents were successful people he has an education he has had been given things throughout his entire life. People like him should come in the NFL and be an example for a lot of these kids who don't have good homes and good upbringings. But he comes in and it's all about him. It's all about him, and it's all about what he is able to do. Notice on the, that 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 uh, interview, it wasn't about team or anything. It was about blaming everybody else except for yourself. Those type of players are cancers, and they will destroy teams if you allow them to get in there. And I feel bad for the Giants. I really do.
0: Mike, I agree with you 100%. And what's funny is the the when you point out everything everyone else is doing wrong, and you're not involved in the equation and then the game goes on this week and a ball bounces off his leg and the, the Carolina Panthers get the ball back because he had a mental mistake. You know, it, it, you made you made, a, Mike, you made a ton, ton of good points right there. I'll, I want to make one more. Since that infamous boat ride before the Green Bay Packer game when Odell Beckham and a bunch of Giants decided to go on a boat and pose with no shirts on and not spend that day, I guess, looking at footage, practicing, whatever whatever professional players do before a playoff game happens. Since that day, Mike, the Giants' record is 4-18. and 18. <laughs> Just, just put that in your mouth. Oh, I did s- not know s- that. S- now now also one other thing is did you see Sterling did you see um Sterling Shepard this weekend have an ODB style meltdown on the I sideline? I saw that, I saw now, that. Now this is now his teammates think this is the way to behave. Unreal. You know, and you know, it just blows my mind because Josh Norman incident happened, he had outbursts, he got in fights with kicking nets, he got in fights in clubs, he had the boat ride, he's in a hotel room smoking blunts and someone's blowing coke off a, a mirror, and then he was given a hundred million dollars guarantee. What did you think was going to happen? my example Mike, would be if you're in a relationship and you're with someone see I'm with the woman she cheats on me multiple times but then this time she says I'll never do it again I promise I'll be good I'll never hurt you like that again please just get me this big shiny ring I promise I'll commit to you forever And she's good Mike five or six months goes by everything's good she's the best she's just loving you and then you get married and the next month she cheats on you immediately everyone around you will say to you how did you not see this coming what is wrong with you? Why would you commit to a situation like this that so obviously is not going to work out? Right. But, and that's the situation with the Giants to me. That's an analogy to me of the Giants situation with Beckham With the writing is on the wall before this.
1: He's just too talented. They they saw it and he's just a generational talent and they couldn't pass it up and they went and signed him and deal with the devil. And so, hey, deal with it.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, now they're in a situation where they didn't get the young quarterback. They have Barkley. They're still just one and four. A lot of people thought the Giants were just a running back away from being a Super Bowl contender, which didn't make any sense to me at all. But a lot of people said that. That is obviously not the case with the New York Giants. And they, ob- I mean, it's pretty it's pretty apparent now that, you know, Barkley's a good player, but the Giants need a lot more than that. And if they invested in the future, invested in a quarterback, probably would have been more of a logical move for them. And it seems like Odell Beckham doesn't like his quarterback either anymore. But. That's the Giants. That's the Jabroni of the Week. We're gonna get into and wrap this show up real quick, guys. Preview real quick. Let's talk about the Colts. Let's talk about Andrew Luck. Let's talk about week six for the New York Jets. Here we go. Hey, the situation uh kind of got heavy on. Me. Okay, Mike, week six home game versus the Colts. Now the Colts are kind of limping into this one, Mike. They're one and four. Even though they're 1-4, they've been putting points up on the board. They lost to the Bengals week one, 34-23. Next week, had a 21-9 win on the Skins. They lost to the Eagles the next week, lost to the Texans the next week, lost mm. to the Patriots last week. Mm. You know, I think luck... Even though they don't have a great record, Luck has shown, especially the past two games, Mike. Andrew Luck's stats the past two games, 729 yards, seven touchdowns. Wow. So, I mean, that's serious business, and he's kind of showed. He's kind of maybe got the rust off those first few games. He's been playing well. On their team, when it comes to the running backs, they have not been able to really run the ball that well. The Colts are coming in with the 22 overall ranked offense, 29th at of the run, though, 14th in the pass. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground on us. Andrew Luck's going to be the guy that's going to have to beat us. And I do think, and we're going to go through some of these stats here, I do think this is obviously a winnable game for us. In a team we should, a team we should not take lightly, but we should be confident when we go out there that Sam... Our offensive line can do some good things up against their defensive line. And I think we should be able to put some points on the board.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, their opponents right now are averaging about 106.8 yards on the a game, on the uh, rushing. So it looks like their rushing defense is something that we can take advantage of. They're receiving, they're passing. Uh, uh, defense is 301.2 yards a game, so it looks like their defense really isn't the greatest. Now, you did say Andrew Luck and his numbers, and it looks like Captain Luck is uh, is back, and I am a little fearful because the last time we played him, I don't know if you remember, he threw for five tees.
0: Yeah, the last game he played against us was, was probably his best game of his career, Yeah. Uh, and previous before that, we'd always owned him, so the law of averages didn't get us, and I hope that... When he, when I hope when he comes out, we do attack him and go after him, really make him uncomfortable in the pocket, just like every other quarterback. That's not when they play well, but somebody luck, luck that does not go down. He's like a big tree out there. You got to make him uncomfortable. But uh, I don't know if they're gonna be able to move the ball on the ground. Uh, defensively, they got Darius Leonard. He's a beast at linebacker. 54 tackles on the season, four sacks. He's probably their best weapon. They have T.Y. Hilton. Hell- banged up. Might not banged. play this week, Mike, so we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think he's going to be playing this week versus us. When it comes to the defense of the Colts, Mike, they're ranked 22nd. Like you said, 14th against a run, 20th against a the pass. They're lower than middle of the pack. They're 22nd on offense, 22nd on defense. So I really do think that we have advantages over them in a lot of different places. When it comes to the Jets right now, 14th overall in the league in points. We're averaging right around 24.6 a game. Our offense is 26 overall. Obviously have not been the best, but we've shown flashes that they can be really good, especially this most recent game, Mike. Passing game, to get about 198 yards a game. Rushing, we're seventh in the league, about 135 yards a game, so the run game has really become a weapon for us. Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell, like we said, on pace for over 2,000 yards this season. new and Robbie are both over 200. Pryor, only nine catches, but for 178 yards and a touchdown, so in his limited targets, Pryor's done well. I think this week, uh, it's pretty obvious to me now that the offensive line is much better run blocking than pass blocking. That's to start off with. The, the passes they've tried to have Sam do, they're not having guys run very long routes. We're able to get long plays. Like, for instance, they threw that ball pretty early on that route with Robbie Anderson. That play didn't go that long. He just bombed it downfield, and Robbie's fast enough to go get it. Yeah. But if they're going to control the offensive line, which they did on offense and defense, I think we can do the same thing this week against the Colts. I think our offensive line... We'll be able to, great to create some holes in the defensive line of the Colts. I think we're going to be able to run the ball very well. Yeah. I do think we're going to win this game, Mike, and I think Sam's going to have another good performance for the defense that is ripe against the pass. They're very low against the pass. They've been torn up against the, um, the quarterbacks. have torn them up all year, even more than the run. So I think it's going to be a good day for us, and I think that as long as... We don't have the mental mistakes as long as Sam doesn't turn the ball over and they don't shoot themselves in the foot like they did versus Miami, like they did versus the Browns. They're going to walk away from this game with a W this weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I actually do think that we're primed for a W and I hope that Jeremy Bates continues to let Sam throw the ball let him even if he's going to throw an interception at this point remember what I said before if he throws an interception okay as long as he's throwing touchdowns and if he's slinging it like the way he was slinging it yesterday because you started seeing him be able to throw down field and and open up that uh, uh, once the the run was established like we talk about he's able to open up the field and throw down and uh, I would like to see them do that in this game, and I think that uh, the Jets will get a, another win and go to three and three on the season.
0: Yeah, well, even out guys, get to 500. You know, that Dolphin game, that Brown game is going to hurt towards the end of the year if we're in some type of playoff race. If for some reason we do stay contending, and Sam is the truth, and you know, we're able to limit the mistakes, which really has been the thing that's hurt us the most this year, I think those losses will come back to haunt us. But it's not even about that this year, Mike. It's not even about making the playoffs this year. That'd be great, that'd be wonderful. That'd be us really ahead of schedule, though, considering the amount of talent people said we had before the season where people raided the Jets, um, a playoff berth I think would be very surprising for most people, but all I want them to do is continue every week to be in the games, stay competitive, see the maturation of Sam, if we, maybe maybe we found something here with Crowell and our offensive line could really be something if we're moving forward in the year. Robbie Anderson and Anunua together with Pryor, looks like that's three guys that are all weapons there. Curse kind of been lost in the shuffle here, Mike, uh, with the passing game this year, but it doesn't make a difference to me who, who he's throwing the ball to, Sam. I just want to see him continue to get better. I think next week versus the Colts will be another step in the formation of the final product, which will one day hopefully be the guy that takes us all the way to the promised land. Yes, sir. And guys, I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us as always. If you want to tweet at us, speak to us, ask us any questions, anything of that nature, or support us on social media, Mike, where can they do that?
1: On Facebook at Radio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at jet.AEBG.
0: You heard the man. That's the AEBG podcast for this week, guys. Coming at the Colts. Hopefully, a W's coming our way, Mike. We'll get back with you next week. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff, fans. Jeff fans. are very passionate. Murray, Murray, Murray. Thank you, all you fans. Very... They got their guys. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I, I think Jeff fans. Very passionate.
1: Brady sucks. Don't be the